And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. One American Farm Bureau official says even if it's tough getting China to comply with the WTO ruling against its retaliatory tariffs on U.S. exports five years ago, it was the right decision. AFB Senior Director of Government Affairs Dave Salmonson says whether or not China complies, it's still important the World Trade Organization upholds world trade rules against Beijing's tariff retaliation for national security-based U.S. metals tariffs. Of course, we know with the uh, condition of the appellate process at the WTO means that without a functioning appellate body, it will be difficult, at least the direct manner, to get that enforced. But it has the weight of the uh, world body behind telling China uh, they really have no basis for continuing these tariffs. And some of those tariffs remain. Almonds, pork, dairy, uh, things like that. So they still have tariffs and they range. Some of them are 10%, some of them are 20%. They're on the books. Now, some of them are being enforced, some of them aren't. Uh, kind of all depends what China needs. But Salmonson suggests tariffs that are enforced need to be worked out bilaterally, implying outside the WTO. Still, China remains a core U.S. ag market. We were about $36 billion last year, uh, the highest ever. And, uh, of course, we'll see where that goes this year. But trade, uh, agricultural trade uh, with China still remains uh, very, very strong, still our number one market. Despite U.S.-China differences, Salmonson says countries sometimes compartmentalize issues. When they need products, they need them, especially ag products. Well, farmers and ranchers depend on farm bill programs for many reasons, including improving their land. Idaho Farm Bureau member Jason Fellows says programs like EQIP, the Environmental Quality Incentives Program, are essential for improving sustainability. I was able to actually do an EQIP project four years ago, but the really neat thing was my grandpa did an EQIP project on the same track of land in 1957. And so it's never ending that we can be more sustainable and focus on those things that truly help protect us as farmers and ranchers, but also help protect the land. But an EQIP program is an incentive-based program that if you uh, look at how to be a more sustainable farmer, there's just some incentives to help you implement those practices on your farm. Fellows says Congress needs to pass a farm bill this year, not just to promote environmental sustainability, but also to promote economic sustainability. Because the prosperity and the future of our nation depends on a secure and sustainable food system, I don't think we recognize exactly what the farm bill does for everyday Americans. And being able to feed everybody in the nation is what we need to be focused on that helps everybody in our nation have food to eat and fiber to live off of. Fellows encourages all farmers and ranchers to tell their lawmakers the importance of the farm bill to their operation. We need to focus on connecting the dots. Some of our elected officials don't recognize the farm bill affects everyday people. And we need to connect the dots not only for our congressmen, but also for average Americans to help them recognize what the Farm Bill does for each and every one of us every day. But definitely telling them our story and what the Farm Bill can do to protect our sustainable food system. And it gives us that safety net so we continue to have prosperity in our nation. Learn more at fb.org forward slash farm bill. Well, the latest weekly drought monitor showed similar conditions to the previous week. Above normal temperatures and mostly dry weather continued through parts of Texas and into the lower Mississippi Valley, where ongoing drought conditions continue deteriorating. Drought intensified in eastern Texas, Louisiana, and south-central Mississippi. Increasing short-term drought continued across Arizona, New Mexico, and southwest Colorado. 
Frequent rounds of heavy rainfall occurred from the northeast into the central Mississippi Valley and into southern Missouri and the upper Midwest. Now, the continued wet conditions are improving drought across parts of the Corn Belt and much of the southern and central Midwest. Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois saw continuing improvement with D1 removal from Ohio and Indiana. Farther north, drought continued to intensify across northern Wisconsin, North Dakota, Montana, and Washington. Eastern parts of the High Plains saw continued precipitation and below normal temperatures. Kansas saw heavy precipitation and continued from last week, further improving the east and central regions. Much of the country this week, though, going to be baking under hot temperatures with many 100-degree readings being seen and little rain in the forecast for much of the week ahead, except on the west coast where the impacts of Tropical Storm Hillary will be felt. Well, adding small ruminants to a property or operation offers producers many benefits. Langston University goat extension leader Dr. Terry Gibson says the market for goats is very enticing. Right now, the market prices for goats is very, very good. And so when we look at an economic analysis of goat production, is that there's a greater return on investment on goats over cattle. Now, I'm not saying is that you make more money on goats and you do cattle, but for the investment that you put into it, you get a greater return. Goats can be a beneficial addition to a cattle operation, Gibson says, because cattle and goats eat different vegetation. Right now in Oklahoma, we're having a real problem with invasive species, such as the eastern red cedar. Uh, cattle will not eat the eastern red cedar, but goats will eat eastern red cedar. So from the vegetation standpoint is that there's not, any com- not much competition between uh, cattle and goats. Uh, because they're going to be consuming very different things in the pasture. Gibson also says that cattle and goats do not share the same internal parasites. However, goats must be managed differently. Cattle are more resistant to internal parasites than goats by far. So then a goat producer needs to be aware then that the status, sort of the health status of the goat, and we would do that predominantly with what's called a FAMACHA checkup. So this is a little card that's one to five with colors of sort of pink on it that you would look at the mucous membranes of the eye and be able to uh, ascertain the anemia level of the goat. While many cattle producers deworm on a calendar schedule, Gibson said he does not recommend using the same method for goats. Regarding the purchasing of goats for your herd, Gibson said he does not recommend buying from the sale barn. Most of the goats at a sale barn are there because they're calls. So we always recommend that you go to a reputable breeder. Um, Those are fairly easy to find through word of mouth, through different breed associations. And when you're going and looking at breeding stock, We recommend that you're choosing young animals, obviously, that are going to stay in your herd longer. And you can find more information about adding goats to your operations on the School of Agriculture page at langston.edu. Again, that is langston.edu. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. Looking forward to being at the Farm Progress Show here in just a few days' time in Decatur, Illinois, August 29th through the 31st. Hopefully, we'll see you there. If you do have story ideas for the program, well, if you run into me at the Farm Progress Show, that's one way. Or you could send me an email, Allen at AmericanAgNetwork.com. That's J-E-S-S-E-A-L-L-E-N at AmericanAgNetwork.com. And we could take a look at your story idea and see if it's a fit for American Ag Today. Produced by the American Ag Network, I'm Jesse Allen wishing you a great rest of your day.